0: Well, we are so honored to have Brother and Sister Mays and their daughter with us in service again today. And this was a pleasant surprise. So I thought since he surprised me, I'd surprise him. And a turnabout's fair play, right? That's, uh, I'm not sure where that's found in the Bible, but it sounds good. Um, I do know Jesus said that even as you would that men should do unto you, do also unto them so I figured since he surprised me that's what he was wanting hallelujah so uh, no I, I I love the Mays family very much and they have been in my prayers very seriously I've been praying for them and uh, he's, he's preaching out and, and blessing a lot of churches and had this morning off and we're honored that he chose to come And uh, but I would be really honored amen for Him to just follow the Holy Ghost this morning. I want Him just to do what He feels. Uh, every time I've heard Him preach I know He has walked in the Spirit. And my, didn't He bless us the last time He was with us. Amen. Amen. I, I'm i telling you, we felt that wind blowing around here. We, we felt it blowing around here. And I, I'm looking forward to it blowing again today. God's not finished with this service by any stretch of the imagination amen I, we love you brother Mays and your family very very much and we do count it an honor that you're here today and I I told him privately and I'll say it again publicly anytime anytime that they are in the area and not preaching somewhere they just they're welcome to be right here we, we, we love them around here and uh, we'd just be honored for them to consider this their second home while they're in Kansas City. Amen. And uh, we we love and appreciate them. We I want him to come. I want him just to obey the Holy Ghost today. Whatever you feel, Elder, you take your liberty. We love you. God bless
1: you. Oh, let's love him right now.
0: Amen. Thanks let's love God.
1: him. I love you, Jesus. Oh, our Lord, our Lord. Lord, how excellent is thy name. Ah, Come on, we can do better than that. Uh, We're in the house of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor. Let's give him praise. Uh, Just like the song said. Let's do it now. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I worship you. I worship you, God. I worship you, God. Uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated for a moment. Amen. I, I told Brother Reagan, I said, man, I'm willing to sit back and just listen to you. Um, and I meant that. Uh, but uh, I have felt something on my heart this morning in prayer I was thinking, for some reason, the words of that old song, Unworthy, came to me. And uh, unworthy am I of the grace. Unworthy am I of the love. And uh, I'm unworthy today, folks. I stand up here an unworthy preacher. And that's the way I feel it's an honor to be in His presence. My, what a wonderful worship service. I appreciate it. Amen. I mean, it. Uh, it Just, it's good to be in the house of God. I thought Brother Regan was talking about this world not being our home. As a young man, I didn't understand that. And uh, I longed well, man, I I wanted to get married. And uh, I I just kept thinking God was going to come before I got married. (laughs) I've been married 40-some years now. Amen. But I thought that uh, what was so unique is that the older you get, the more you look for that coming, the more you look for His appearing. And, uh, my, it feels good in the house today, doesn't it? If you have your Bibles, if you would turn me to the book of First Samuel, back, chapter 1. Amen. Praise God. 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'm going to read quite a bit. I don't know if I'll read it all the way down through, uh, I guess I have to. Amen. So, um, I'll probably read down through verse 20. Now, there was a certain man, or Matthaeim, Zophim of Mount Ephraim. His name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, and Ephraim. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. I want to stop here for just a moment and say um, that this man had two wives. Anytime a man's got two wives, that's trouble. (laughs) Amen. Amen. One wife, enough is enough for me. She's about to break me. Amen. <laughs> it costs money to fly. Amen. <laughs> Flying out to see that grandchild. <laughs> so, But uh, understand, the point I want to make is, he was a wealthy man. And uh, any time you had more than one wife, it was a sign of wealth. And... Uh, This man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, the priests of our Lord, were there. When the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah, his wife, to all her sons and her daughters' portions. But unto Hannah... He gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. As he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, So she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest Set upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, Then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunk and put away thine wine from thee? And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I, a woman, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief... Have I spoken here too? Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Somebody say, God always remembers. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about, after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And from this lengthy scripture reading, I want you to go back to verse number 5, which again states, but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. It's from this specific verse, I want to take my text and I feel a burden, preach from the subject blessed but barren. Blessed but barren. Brother riggin would you pray? I ask you to anoint this church to give us God, I'm asking you in your name. God, Jesus' name. Oh, God, I love you. I praise you. I magnify you. God. I'm asking you, God. Ah, oh, let's go ahead and worship him a moment. Ah, uh, uh, Jesus. Jesus, I love you, Lord, I praise your name, I magnify you, I exalt you. In Jesus' name, I praise you, I magnify you, I love you, Jesus, in your name, in your name. God bless you. You can be seated. In the story from where we take our text today. We read about a man by the name of Elkanah. Elkanah had two wives. The name, the one was Hannah, which means grace or favor. And the name of the other was Peninnah, which means jewel, ruby, precious, or valuable. However, Hannah, whose very name itself means grace or favor, was unfruitful. She was unproductive. She was barren. Her womb had never bore a child. If though Hannah was childless, when it uh, came time for her husband Elkanah to give out portions, he never failed to give Hannah more than what was rightfully hers. The scriptures that we read today tell us that Elkanah gave to Peninnah and her sons and daughters portions. But to Hannah he gave a worthy portion which means a portion that was enough for two people, or what is referred to as a double portion. You see, as far as Elkanah was concerned... Uh, he had come to the conclusion that it didn't matter if uh, his wife, a man, Hannah, ever bore him any children because his other wife, uh, Peninnah, was very fruitful. She bore him sons and daughters. Uh, so it seems that Elkanah, over a process of time, became adjusted uh, to the situation uh, and it, so it seemingly was for Hannah as well, uh, amen, at least for a short period of time. Uh, Hannah was satisfied with the circumstances because she knew she was the favored wife. Uh, she knew that she had the majority of Elkanah's attention. Uh, she knew he had his devotion and affection. Uh, at least on the surface, uh, it seemed that everything was fine. Uh, they seemed to have some sort of an arrangement. Uh, They appeared to have it all figured out. Uh, And I wonder if there's anyone in this place today. Uh, Have you ever been there? Uh, You thought you had everything figured out. Uh, You thought you had all your ducks in a row. Uh, You knew it wasn't a perfect situation. Uh, You knew it wasn't an ideal condition or circumstance. Uh, But you knew you could make it serve your purpose. Ah, amen. You're just plodding along, making the best of a bad situation. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, without any warning, something happens that messes everything up. Uh, and all your plans and your schemes and all your work and all your effort, uh, amen, and all of your collective arrangements of life just doesn't work anymore. And that's what happened in this story. The arrangement that Elkanah had, or systematically and painstakingly put together over the years, began to unravel. Peninnah starts to provoke Hannah over her barrenness. Her words are harsh and hateful. Her words are filled with resentment and jealousy. uh, And her words are like arrows stuck in Hannah's heart. Uh, At first, Hannah, no doubt, did her best to ignore Peninnah and she tried to close her ears to the hateful and hurtful words. She attempted to just let them bounce off her and have no effect on her but Peninnah never let up. Uh, Amen. And eventually it became clear that the arrows of her venomous words have hit their mark and taken their toll. Uh, It's now that we see a different Hannah. We see a Hannah that is no longer content. uh, A Hannah that is no longer satisfied with status quo, uh, a Hannah that is now extremely grieved, uh, a Hannah that has been traumatized uh, and acutely aware and extremely distressed uh, over the fact that she is barren uh, and has not borne any children to her husband. Uh, but Canada does his best to try uh, and soothe her hurt. Uh, he tries to appease uh, her shattered self-esteem and alleviate her pain. Uh, amen. He does his best to comfort her. Uh, And to get her to settle down and just enjoy what they have. Because we read in verse number 8 where he asks her, Am I not better to thee than ten sons? But something within Hannah has been awakened. She has become uncomfortable. Uncomfortable she has become dissatisfied and she's discontented with things as they are and now the discontentment the discomfort and the frustration starts changing into desire a craving, an intense expectation of a need for more a sense of realization amen starts to work its way into Hannah's mind and she begins to understand that there's something missing, there's Something more for me than this present state that that I find myself. I I was created for more than this. She now looks beyond Elkanah. She looks beyond all of the love. All of the favor. And all of the material blessings that he has bestowed upon her. Because no longer, amen, can these words and these things alone satisfy her. They cannot open her womb. They cannot meet her need. They cannot meet her desire. And just like Hannah, I came to tell you today that there should be a cry from the spirit of every true apostolic child of God for a life that is higher than what money can buy. A cry for more than population. Or worldly success. A cry from the depths of our spirits that goes much higher. Amen. And far beyond mere formalized and ritualistic religion. Oh, somebody praise him right now. Inside the womb. Of every child of God, there should be a cry for the miraculous, for signs, wonders, and miracles. There should be a cry from the spiritual womb for the manifestation of the power of God, for a move of the Spirit of God, and a cry to be fruitful and to burst souls into the kingdom. Can I hear an amen? want you to understand that Elkanah represents the love, the blessings, and the divine favor of God that the apostolic church has experienced and is still experiencing. And Hannah represents the church. I believe today... Amen. That it's time for the church to look beyond the blessings of God. Look beyond the favor of God. And instead of being content with the blessings and the favor we need to cry out to God and contend with God for His glory, for His anointing, for His power and might. It's time for the church to shake off the lethargy and indifference unconcern and unproductiveness. We need to quit treating God like he's some sort of a Santa Claus and an Easter bunny all wrapped up in one and quit coming to church with a gimme 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 attitude all the time God give the church a spirit like Hannah's who wants more out of life than just to go along and get along my God I feel the Holy Ghost I wish someone in this place uh, would stand to your feet right now uh, and let God know that you appreciate all of the blessings uh, that he's given to you. uh, And you're thankful. uh, While you're thankful for all the divine favor that's been bestowed upon you, you're tired of being barren. You're tired of being unproductive. You want more than just to be blessed and favored. You want a baby. And what's more, you want to see babies born on these altars. Uh, some of you might not like what I'm preaching but I'm reminded what Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 13 says and he gave some apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the full of Christ. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost the spirit of God be seated and the ministry is for the perfecting of the saints uh, to bring every child of God unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ uh, amen to bring every child of God uh, to the place where not only uh, do they themselves make it to heaven but where they are a witness uh, and a productive soul winner uh, oh God it's uh, the duty of the five fold ministry to help you live uh, the Christian life at its highest degree Attain experiencing and manifesting the best the highest the greatest life possible and all the while affecting and influencing others with the power of the Holy Ghost that's supposed to dwell in you I love you today I want you to love me as well but my goal as a preacher is not to be your buddy it's to push you to your destiny I've discovered a lot of people in the church are very comfortable. And they're satisfied right where they're at. They don't like to be pushed. (laughs) I found that firsthand. (laughs) Amen. So if you come by and push them, even if it's in the right direction, even if it's good for them and even if, even if it's in their best interest, if you push them, you will not be their favorite person. But I love you enough to keep on pushing. And I'm willing to take the criticism, to take the hostility, and to keep on pushing, to keep on preaching. Even if you think I'm a pain in your neck or your backside. Because I cause you to become uncomfortable. Or you think I'm too pushy or aggressive. Because I want you to experience what Hannah experienced. Amen. In fact, you might even say some of the same things about Hannah. Said about Penina. She is my adversary. She's my thorn in the side. She makes me uncomfortable. She irritates me. In fact, I can't stand her. You see, Peninnah provoked Hannah over her barrenness until Hannah decided to do something about it. The point is, Hannah had more in her but she was satisfied to have the love of her husband and be blessed and favored and never reach for anything more. To believe for anything more or to expect anything more. And she stayed that way until she was pushed, until she was provoked. I didn't come to this pulpit today to make friends I didn't come to this pulpit to to preach you an easy on the ears feel good type of sermon I came here to preach to and provoke somebody I'm here today as an adversary I'm here as an adversary to status quo religion I'm here as an adversary amen I said I'm here as an adversary to lukewarmness and indifference I'm here as an adversary against those who continue to just settle for crumbs when you can have the whole loaf. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm here as an adversary to those who are content to sit in church and never reach for more. I'm I'm here as an adversary for those who are content. I said to sit in the church and never reach out for more. I'm here as an adversary for those who earnestly never contend for the faith. Oh! wants delivered to the saints I'm here as an adversary for those who never seek the face of God in pre-service prayer and those who never pray until they come to church Woo! God my God my God. I'm here as an adversary to those who are content with dead, dry church. I'm here as an adversary to those who are content with the gifts of the Spirit not in operation in the church. I want to see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. I'm here as an adversary. I'm an adversary to never casting out a devil or laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I'm here as an adversary to to a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. I'm here as an adversary to those who can be satisfied uh, just knowing you've been baptized in Jesus' name uh, and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. uh, Yet your consent to sit on your seat of do nothing uh, while the rest of the world goes to hell. Uh, Oh God, I'm here as an adversary to self righteous, snooty nosed Christians uh, who want to sit in church and pass judgment on everyone and anyone that doesn't meet their expectations. Uh, God, give us some backsliders. Uh, God, give us some drunkards. Uh, God, give us some whores. Somebody said, you're making me mad. I say, praise the Lord. I hope before I'm finished, I make everyone mad enough and provoke you enough that you'll cry out to God like Hannah did. God! (laughs) Haha. <laughs> I don't know if Hannah and Peninnah ever became friends, but I do know this: if it wasn't for her adversary, if it wasn't for Peninnah, Hannah would have lived her entire life with a barren womb. She would have lived her entire life, blessed but barren, favored but barren, comfortable but barren. Somebody provoked Hannah to believe more, to reach for more, and to expect more and to produce more. And the Bible. Testifies that Samuel, one of the greatest prophets of God that ever lived, came out of Hannah's womb because somebody provoked her. Remember what I told you: the name of Peninnah means means jewel, precious or valuable. What I'm trying to tell somebody today is the most valuable thing in Hannah's life was the very thing that provoked her to cry out to God for more. Elkanah loved her, but he couldn't push her. He couldn't provoke her. He didn't want to upset her. Uh, It's nice to be loved and appreciated. It's nice to be pampered and coddled. But sometimes, somewhere along the way, you need somebody to provoke you. The jewels in your life and the most valuable things in your life are the things and the people that push you and provoke you to become the best you can be. I'm not a preacher today because my spiritual leaders and elders always patted me on the head and agreed with everything I did and never corrected me or rebuked me. But thank God for a man of God and the other men of God in my life that love me enough to tell me the truth and instruct me in the way of righteousness and provoke me. So if this message disturbs you, it agitates you, or it aggravates you, it's all worth it to me. If it'll motivate you out. Of your spiritual lethargy. Somebody here listening to my voice, you've been like Hannah. You've been born again of water and spirit. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. You received the Holy Ghost. You know God loves you and your life has been and is being blessed. And you know what it is to have the grace of God work in your life. But you've become comfortable. You've become satisfied. You've become adjusted to the mundane. And you've settled in for the ordinary. But God has sent His Word today to stir you up to wake you up to provoke you and to get you up and move and off of your pew and into the press and to cause you to become as Hannah herself became. God help oh God help. I said God he wants you in bitterness of soul until you weep and pray and earnestly contend for God's presence for his power and his glory. God is wanting someone in this place to understand that shut up in your spiritual womb are resources that have not yet been touched. Someone in this place has potential to do something great for God locked up in your belly and God is here to open your spiritual womb. I believe that someone in this place today realizes there's more in you and you're going to make the decision to leave the comfortable and the convenient. Someone is going to leave the mediocrity of just good enough and you're going to head for the high places of excellence and greatness of spiritual productivity. I believe somebody something has started stirring in you and you're feeling something moving in your belly. There's a baby in there that's trying to get out. There's an anointing trying to be birthed. There's some spiritual talent and kicking on the inside of you. And that's why you've been uncomfortable. That's why things that used to satisfy you, they don't satisfy you anymore. That's why you've been irritated and agitated. There's a passion for souls and a burden for the lost in your womb trying to get out. somebody's felt it even while I've been preaching you've been, felt it stirring inside of you you know you're created for more you know there's more in you when we read the rest of the story when, where we've taken our text today it says and they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Rama. and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her and then verse 20 says wherefore it came to pass when time was come after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying because I have asked him of the Lord I'm closing so musicians please come but before I do I want you to notice that it was through worship that Hannah's womb was opened Through worship, she tapped into some hidden resources. Through worship, she broke the curse of barrenness. Through worship, her womb was opened. Through worship, she became the instrument that God used to birth. One of the greatest men and prophets that ever lived. I'm preaching to someone in this place today. You don't even know the full potential that God's placed inside of you. But through worship, we become a channel of blessing to the world. It's through worship. Amen. There's some spiritual wombs that are going to be opened. There are some spiritual births that are going to take place. New levels of anointing will be birthed through worship. New passion for souls and a burden for the lost will be birthed through worship. Oh, somebody help me. Just as worship opens the heavens, it also opens your spiritual womb. And your spiritual womb becomes a door on this earth through which heaven is manifested. Did not Jesus say in the gospel of John chapter 7 verse 38, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus said, out of your belly, out of your innermost being, out of your spiritual womb would flow rivers of living water. Worship him, saints. You were created to worship him. And as you worship God, you'll discover there's more in you than you ever thought there was. There's more in you than you ever dreamed oh come on somebody you're not leaving here like you came somebody under the sound of my voice has heard the spirit of God speaking to you and you know that you were created for more than just going to church you know You know, you were born again to do more for the kingdom of God. You know, you were meant to be a soul winner. You know, you were born again into the kingdom of God to do more than just sit on a pew and wait for Jesus to come. Come on. I'm asking you to come. I'm asking you to come right now. Come on. I'm come on this pastor has a burden this pastor wants to see souls born again of water and spirit this pastor wants to see babies born at these altars